I would rather lick Diesel's butthole than drink another one of those dirty martinis. Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Builder, Colton of Cold Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Designs. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for episode 19, Desperado. Desperado. Isn't it with uh, Antonio Banderas? And Selma Hayek. Oh, yeah, baby. Not going to lie, I remember some of my earliest um, pubescent moments watching Selma Hayek. And that's probably more than you needed to know. But Hmm. Man, you know, who hasn't? Yeah. (laughs) I need y'all to give me a watch list of just like old ass movies. So good. I'm not going to lie. I rarely get the reference on these. uh, Dude, even if you just go back on like the titles of these movies or the titles of our episodes, they're all like every one of these is a banger. So it is. It is a banger. My favorite movie was Ruskies. I think we've talked about this before. Oh my gosh. If you can find it, it will make you feel like a child again just watching it. It's so good. (laughs) All right. You know what? Hey, next time I got a hungover Sunday, I'm going to, I'm going to call you guys and get a good list. So, so next Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not next Sunday. <laughs> we'll this see. Sunday. We'll see. Yeah. So gentlemen, how's life? What's going on? It's okay. It's okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. You breathing? You okay there, Jess? I'm all right. I'm just, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm mentally, I'm mentally exhausted. Honestly, more than he, because we're moving. So, when, that, what's the final moving date? The twenty fifth. We start. We move. So we'll so, probably spend the night there then, and we'll come back and clean the next two days. So it's the in prior episodes, you talked about how you were going to have to go back and move the fridge again, redo the trim, move a cabinet over. Like, did you go back and do all that stuff yet? Uh, oh, at the, at new, the new place. House. The new house has done. Uh, we we were able to. I fixed the refrigerator. You know, when you come back a, the second day and you have all the right tools, it's like great. Exponentially train, easier. Yeah. Right. So, um, and fingers came over and helped me paint. He's a pretty good painter. So uh, with a name like all, fingers, I would hope so. Right. He used Finger to painting be, is especially. Oh, hey, side note on that. I saw someone uh, this last week followed me on TikTok whose uh, handle was fingers and I got excited. Oh. I thought it was your buddy. No, and, uh, he's, he's and, like, no this guy was like a metal name, worker yeah. or something. Yeah. So he, uh, he, um, he used to paint in Indiana. Like after he retired, he just needed something to do. His wife was always working. So Wait, hold on a second. He didn't look like he could have retired the first time when I met him he's the 63. other day. He's what? 60, 63. Yeah. Oh no, I mean, he's 64 now. He looks great. He does look great. The guy's got abs. Like he's he's he used to own a gym, I think, and work at one for a long time. I he's also have abs. Most people get excited about getting a six pack or an eight pack. I have a keg. I have yes. one big ab. <laughs> it I is a it's awesome. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, brother. Now, <laughs> yeah, uh, keg. Breathe. He, he's very he's very fit. Um, I can tell you this that. I can tell certain things about him being older, like his grip isn't as strong as he's probably stronger. Like his arms are probably stronger than mine, but his grip just isn't quite there yeah. like it used to be. But, um, but anyway, he came over and helped me paint. I cut it in um, and uh, we moved over the cabinet. 
and uh, we moved some furniture out of there. They they've pretty much got the place emptied out because it was furnished, so they sold off most of the furniture and stuff like that. So we that's that's pretty much done. We've gone back and forth there a couple times. Got the floor painted. I got a couple touch ups to do, but I'm gonna wait until we move because we'll probably mess up something anyway. Yeah, makes and sense. Then, um, uh, it looks nice, you know. It'll be fine for what we're gonna be paying for it and how much money I'll be putting in the bank. It's a longer drive to the shop by far. What is your commute right now versus what, what our will it be? Our commute now is anywhere from 30 to 35 minutes on a bad day. Okay. There, what will there. it be? On the way home, it's 45 minutes. About 57 minutes to an hour. So it's not the end of the world. Um, I mean, so, especially when you guys are saving money on commuting the same way. Yeah. Well, like $4 a gallon, we might start taking her car and we'll just deal without my truck. because yeah. You said it's, four. It's, yeah, it's three ninety nine in some places here. It's really high. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I was thinking MPGs. You're saying uh, dollars per yeah. gallon. Got it. Got yeah, it, got dollars it. per gallon. Yeah. Um, I was like, what? But I, I, I didn't remember you driving a monster truck. So you could be paying Illinois taxes on it. The cheapest yeah. gas around me is four nineteen. Oh boy. Oh my god. So, um, you know, we've just been working on the website. Um, and just trying, just it's not, it's getting no traffic, none. It's on Facebook, it's on our, uh, on Just Build It and on Woodworks Tampa Bay's Facebook and Instagram. Um, and you can, it's actually, they just updated something too. So, like, it's like the whole website's on there. It's pretty nice. Um, it, Are you guys you know, doing you, any kind of paid promotions on social not, media? Well, not yet. And I'm going to tell you why, because. I was still fixing some things that I keep finding on the website that we originally did wrong um, as far as information. Okay. But this, the, the other thing is, is that I could not get Google. I would think that more people would have found us in our area from yes. Google. Let me just okay. put it that way. Because when I had my little handyman business, that was blowing up. Like, And I didn't do anything like I'm doing now. So I was – although handyman services probably – searched more but anyway more localized so I, too probably right yeah but i did but find, I, I feel like you're jumping a little too far ahead man sorry to cut could, you off it could be i feel but, like you're, you're expecting too much to, like it, it's a slow grow i feel like and on it, top I'm of not it, a pro at all but yeah on top of that you also to your point you're still finding issues with the website so obviously rectifying all that you're also going to see once kids go back to school so like this week or next week you are going to see a massive uptick in the amount of people who are like, okay, I am now clearing out stuff out of my house and my kids are gone and I can actually look around and be like, wow, I hate my house. I need new cabinets or they weren't going to start a renovation while their kids were home over the summer. Right. Hey, I just had an epiphany. I got to interrupt. All right. Okay. So what last episode, Jess, you're talking about, you really want like uh, what you're talking about doing a video in a speedo or some shit, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, sort okay. Of, okay. okay. I just had thing. the greatest idea. Okay, so Ross. Just now? After all that time you had to think? Yes. No, no, just in this conversation. Okay. Right, so Ross just mentioned a very good point. There is a lot of people with kids going back to school. Let's apply directly to them. People love it whenever memes and things like, mm-hmm. like uh, what do you call it? Recognizable or um, yeah. relatable? Relatable. And, um, okay, but we'll do it like a, uh, y'all probably get these ridiculous commercials for like, we sue semi-trucks for people who hit us or hit you, right? Right? You get like the Texas Lawhawk. Dude, that uh, dude is Texas. hilarious. 
okay yes you got it okay and mm-hmm. then the like the the hammer or whatever um, yep. long arm of the law is that something like that yeah let's do a in that style directed directly at um parents whose like, kids have gone back to school yes yes people who now have time on their phone who are having their kids back in school and freaking a let's do it like I, figure that, out. yeah that's it well i the cabinets in my house right now uh because it's a rental are original builder grade from 30 years ago and they are awful like i i want to i want to rip a door off every single day and i thought about doing like uh, like a pretend video where like we're like hey these cabinets are dog bleep you know yeah oh. and and then so dramatic. Take, them, take them over to like hibiscus and be like how much did you pay for these cabinets and then like you know i don't know something like that but all right we said it live we got it okay. well right. we got to do something and we got to do something before they sell that house that's got the full kitchen in it so i got to get a video and stuff of that but we've been so busy so let me get to what i was trying to get to okay so sorry that, what, what i had to say when it justice. came man so for people that are starting out on a website uh, even with Shopify, when you have a web page, it doesn't matter what page it is. If it's the product page, it's if the home page, any of that stuff, especially the product and the home pages, right? Or your collections pages or whatever. At the every page has three things. It has a title, which is can be a meta title, and then your actual title on like that the customers can read. But there's a meta title that Google reads. There's a meta description that Google reads, and then there's your URL handle. So like, like, uh, beat around the bench podcast.com slash whatever's after that, like, uh, dusty fart stickers, yep. right. Would be the URL handle and they need to be descriptive, but succinct and short and full of keywords that you're trying to target towards whoever would be looking for that specific thing, right? So, so, like so you're saying even, optimization. Even yes, the URL? Yeah. Just the URL the U- itself? Especially yeah. the URL handle. So mm-hmm. when you're in Shopify, at the bottom of the screen, it lets you edit those things. Mm-hmm. I did not edit them because they were okay, I guess. Well, as it turns out, your meta description needs to be 320 characters or less. Your title needs to be 70 characters or less and your URL handle. I don't know it, but it's you know short as well. What Shopify did, and we also changed the names of things. It left the old name. And so like my URL handle was like dimensions and my like made a description was 3000 characters long. And, oh. and like everything was all jumbledy, like not clean at all. So thank you, Chat GPT. Me and Chat GPT talked today for about eight hours straight. Literally talked. Like you and had like, said, uh, writing your website and everything. Like no, like you don't have to. Or? You don't have to. So I said, hey, I've got a website. These are the things that we sell. I can you, if I give you all my products. Can you give me like I need three things from each one. I need a URL handle. I need a thing, and I need it all SEO optimized, right? And so it said, sure, I can help you with that. (laughs) What do you got? So I just said, all right, I've got a a three-drawer base cabinet that's 36 inches wide. And it said, okay, here. And I put it, give me something. And I said, okay, well, can we put more of the fact that they're solid wood cabinets? And and then it's like, yeah. And then I was like, hey, I have a question for you, ChatGPT. Why 
is it better to use the number three or type out the word three? And it said, you know what? You're right. We can do this with a three number, but then we can do this where it's easier to read. And then that way it's all SEO optimized. And I'm like, great, let's do that from let's now on. And then like it was putting quotations around everything that it told me. And I said, hey, can you not put quotations ever again? And it's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And so then it does that. And so you're so, telling me that you want a freaking shark with freaking laser beams instead of a freaking shark with freaking laser beams. So what it what it used, uh, I'll give you an example, right? Like if I said, so I, I had my furniture as well that I was changing the tags for. And I had like a mid-century modern coffee table. So it puts the words like sleek mid-century coffee table, elevated woodcraft. And then like if I did, uh, let's say, a pantry, it would use words like elevated, um, ample storage. Um, what was another one it used a lot? It said Robust. elevated a lot. No, it said um, – uh, I forget. Sheep. I'll think of it in a second. But it was all words – versatility. It would use these words that, unbeknownst to me, Google's not stupid. It knows what those words mean. So if somebody says, I need a big pantry, it knows that the word ample or large are all the same, and they mean those things as opposed to just the specific word. It's very interesting. So It's funny. When I type things into Google, it's usually – I'm looking for ample posteriors, and <laughs> and, and I cannot lie about that. Voluptuous bosoms. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. that's once you've gone incognito, it doesn't help you there yeah. anymore. Well, that's yeah. true. Well, anyway, so I worked on that for, <laughs> but I the only problem is is you can't do a bulk edit, so I had to do every single page, and then I found some things that were wrong, and so I changed those. Ashley added in some of the furniture that is in production. And I just put it in there so that Google would already have it. And it just has like a coming soon picture and no inventory. Do you have, so, is it an option to get pink cabinets at all? Yeah, sure. You can have any color you want. I think what you should do is just somewhere in all that SEO, hide Barbie and Barbie movie. <laughs> and anytime people search Barbie for cabinets. those. Yeah, literally all these pink cabinets are going to come up and people are going to oh. be like, oh my God, that's great. You know, that's not a bad idea. You know what? Uh, I'll, I'll laser burn you some plaques with some Barbie. So in the, me in the meantime, the guys are uh, working on the tops. I did. I was getting to where I regretted buying the shaper because we were using the router table. But when you're hogging out like an inch high chamfer on a piece of white oak, that's, you know, an inch and a half high or an inch and a quarter high, you mm -hmm. can't do it in one or even two passes really. So, um, I just, I don't know why I never thought of it. I went on Amana and I bought a shaper bit, a chamfer shaper bit. This is what happens. Guide. This is what happens when I come to your shop, Jess, you find efficiencies and you're this like, Ross talked about this machine and it's sitting around and he's right. It's true. It yeah. is true. It is know. true. And so I, I call us at 1-800-ROSS consultation services. I yep. took my, I took the fence off cause you saw the fence that I had on there, right? I did. So I put a three-quarter uh, rabbit of uh, dado in it, and put some T-track in it, and put some feather boards that I had bought. Perfect on there. And can I you got, hog off that full inch in one pass on I that thing? I can. I can. And the Ooh. funny thing is about the shaper is, so it's like a it's like a drum sander, or not a drum sander. It's like a um, 
if anybody's familiar with a, a drill press, you know how you change the belts to different pulleys and it makes it go faster or yeah. slower? Yeah. Like less torque, more torque, but faster. Yeah. So that's how that works. You got to get underneath and you slide the motor over and then. Are they V-belts or like tooth? Yeah. Or whatever? Yeah. It's just one V-belt. Yeah. Oh, and nice. that's so that it, so that it'll slip instead of it. And actually it's two V-belts. I take that back. So, um, I found that it actually works better, especially because the bit's four inches at 7,500 RPMs because the center is turning at 7,500, but the outside of the bit's not turning at 7,500, right? Mm -hmm. It's going however much faster four inches is than an inch and a quarter if you do the math. So Yeah, four inches is about like this. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, it does fine. And I was able to get a flush bearing bit with it, so it acts almost just like a router bit. You can't make a mistake. And um, it's working great. It works great. Awesome. And, and the, more, more importantly, the dust collection on that is perfect. It makes almost no dust. The router table is just like a monster. It just just fills the shop and sure everything does. around it. So, I'm, um, well, I will I will send you my consulting fee bill. All right, that's fine. So, yeah, yeah. And then um, that's it. I mean, everything's moving along. We've been working on the website. So here's what I do want to talk about. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if we were supposed to save this for off the air, but we're going to talk about it anyway. The, the, I'm excited. Let's get it going. (laughs) Before, after a handyman and before I started working at Woodworks, you were a male uh, stripper. I was a car stripper guy. So I used to sell used car parts, uh, from a, a national junkyard place. And we sold from all over the country. Was it like uh, pick your parts? No. Question. This was, a, this was a, not a pick and pull place. Okay. This was so, the opposite. So like we just sold you the part. That's it. So did you or did you not accept people's whose catalytic converters were cut off? No. Of their own we did vehicles? not sell anything to the catalytic but we Good. had <laughs> six brand new delivery trucks and they cut all of them out in one night off the trucks. Yeah. Meth is a yeah, hell of a drug. I, uh, I had mine cut off my tundra. Did I tell you all that? On, no. no. And they had it on video and everything, but you couldn't see their face. They pulled up, had them all off in 20 minutes, and they were Dude, gone. Dude, they are amazingly fast. Yeah. Mine, got, <laughs> mine happened in a freaking uh, Mexican restaurant, like a crowded parking lot and with cameras on it, too. But the cameras, they just kind of knew that the corner was blind a little bit. Or like they, they're just like blobs moving in the camera. And so uh, it, we basically just came out, and my truck was a lot louder when I got out, which, um, yes, it it's was. been like it shamefully, it's been a long time that it's been like that and I haven't fixed it, but, <laughs> uh, you know what? Not I was predictably, wor- I was worried about the, uh, about the compression of like the engine or whatever. I'm not a, I'm not an engine buff by any means, but, um, I do know that your, your, whatever your engine lights on probably your exhaust does affect how the engine runs. And yes. like, I haven't had, any problems? And I talked to some guys, and um, the guys that I trusted said that I wouldn't do <laughs> just make it a lot louder. But um, I've except got except get CO2 in the cab. Well, oh, I never thought about that, but well, I do get great gas mileage. So I've been <laughs> well, enjoying the, with the Tundra. It's a 2016 Tundra. Like what? I'm getting 16 miles a gallon now. So, okay, I've been so, enjoying that. But anyway, so I worked. I worked at a junkyard, and. Um, I, I did enjoy it actually. Uh, and I, I was quite good at it. I, I really, 
loved cars anyway. So it was kind of fun learning. There was so much I didn't know. And I was like learning all these things every day. It was so much fun. Um, and I got to yell at customers and stuff. It was, it was great. So, well, it's, it, there's a rough crowd that buys car parts, let me tell you. And yeah. it's not always the customer right in that business. Anyway. Well, that's so, how you're, that's how you've got so good at like, uh, I know I'm slowing this down, but you got so good at like being straight up with customers as opposed to me where I'm still softy and like, I may still lose money on a project because it, it's it special. Could be. And it could be a little bit to do with it. And I'm all over here going straight up or just tell me, are you really going to love me forever? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah. So um, while I was working there, a guy that had helped start up that business and get it going, his name is JC. And JC, as it turns out, is He was a carpenter, I think. And No, John Cahill, not Jesus oh. Christ. Oh, okay. And he... Uh, I guess is, as it turns out is renowned in the auto parts business. And he's, he's one of those people that is just like 90 to nothing will work until the day he dies. Cause he loves it. And everything he touches turns to gold. And I mean, gold and he doesn't have to work now. And so he helped me a lot and he, he wanted me to stay, but he helped me a lot when I was there and um, I went to a couple seminars of his for just business and things like that that the company paid for. But he's he's really smart. He's hard to follow because he talks so fast. But um, Colton gets that. And, and so, as it turns out, he still lives in this area. And I saw him walking down the road the other day. And he bought a house right by the shop. And he's going to be remodeling that. So hopefully, we'll sell some cabinets for that. But I texted him and said, hey, I just saw you. And then I thought about it. And I said, you know, could you give me some advice about our website? And, you know, this is what's going on. He goes, of course I will. He's like, you just got to give me a deal on the cabinets when I go to build my house. And I said, of course. So he came over and spent well over four hours with us. Whoa, really? And he, for nothing. And while he was sitting there, he goes, so you make this furniture? Because I had one of the walnut consoles sitting in there. He goes, yeah. And he goes, all right, I'll, I'll take so he gave me his credit card. He bought a console, which was nice of him. And uh, he he said, it'll, you know, it'll be for the new house. And I said, uh, um, he just, so basically, you know, he's like, what, you know, he doesn't know anything about cabinets, right? He doesn't know anything about woodwork. But what he does know is business and branding. And he gave me a lot of advice that I had never thought about. And he gave me a lot of advice that I kind of heard about, but how to deploy it. Um, and so I thought about it the other day and I thought a lot of the people on that might listen to this podcast might really enjoy listening to him about somebody that's just starting up a business. And I said, would, would you like great. to be on the podcast? And he said, I would love to be on the podcast. So by um, all means, we would, I'm sure there are people who are listening in their shops and in their cars right now who are applauding and screaming at their screen <laughs> saying, yes, please bring on somebody to talk about some business. So, so what I, what I it. will tell you is some of the things that he did tell us, right? And uh, one thing is about your brand, you have to have something. It doesn't even matter what it is, but it has to be something that makes you different. Whether it's, we got an award for best this or, and he said, you can only have three. You can have quality, you can have um, a cheap price 
or you can have great customer service, but you can't have all three. You can have good quality and great customer service, but it ain't cheap. You can't be cheap. You can be cheap and have good customer service, but it's going to be poor quality. Like you can have two of the three. Yep. That's one thing that he said. Lead time plays in somewhere there, there too. That's just I for your time. shop. I mean, it's, that's just for sure. Cause oh, he didn't, right. he could care less about my product and the quality. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nope. He said, it doesn't matter. Um, and he said, you know, he talked about if you are going to spend money on ads, you should do two things. And in particular, our case, and I would say most of the makers would be spend money on advertising on Etsy because that's your target market. That's the kind of people that are looking for stuff is Etsy, right? Handmade, made in the USA, high quality, person to person, people like Etsy for that reason. And that is Woodby's one place. And then the other thing I asked him about Yelp, he said, no way. Unless you're a service business, I wouldn't spend money on Yelp ads. Yep. And then he said, if you're going to spend money on anything, it would be Google AdWords. And with Google AdWords, you can have, and you can set it up in a metric, like, you know, your area, people that are between this age and this age that make this much money a year in this area. And it will only charge for those clicks because it's only going to show those clicks to those people. Mm-hmm. And I can pick out cabinets or furniture. The other thing that he told me, is he thinks me selling the cabinets is not going to go anywhere. He doesn't think what he did say is, he says, I think the furniture's great. And he said, but you know, you don't have enough pieces yet. So as that builds up, that'll be great. You need to do shows. You need to do this. He said, you need to do classes. He said, you need to give out some free classes and he says, you might find out that all you do is classes and that makes more money in this place than anything else. And what did I tell you guys the other day? My dream was, is to teach classes to like kids and stuff like yeah. that. So that could morph into that. I've actually so, had a ton of people ask me if I teach classes, cause there's a bunch of like retired guys who are like, I, I have the money. I would love to come in and learn how to woodwork in a wood shop, use the tools and be able to do that. Like, especially in your area, there's tons of people who are just looking for something to do each day. Yeah. I yes. think what we're, yes. we're going to do is, is what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, Hey, a very good buddy of mine and an avid listener of the podcast, uh, Jared Morris, um, him and his wife teach a class and it's, uh, I don't know exactly what they do. It's woodworking related. They may be a great resource for you. On doing the yeah, classes. Well, I have been I, to, I, I know he would love to talk to you about that. I have been to some woodworking classes on my own. We actually paid quite a bit of money. I went to a turning class and I went to like a, a, a beginners and then an advanced class. Um, and uh, it's at the Florida school of woodwork in Tampa. And she is a woman actually, she's British. She's fantastic. And she's a master carpenter. They have a huge place though, but they have like five planers and five, you know, everything for the classes. But, um, so I think the idea is, is we're going to teach, we're going to do one of these fairs. Cause that's the other thing you said we should be doing. Like, what are these things with a tent? Like whatever they are, like, cause there's one that's something in over by one of the stores we sell our stuff at. There's another one, um, a big one that's expensive. Um, the Tampa Bay times home show that's at, uh, one of the baseball fields inside so we're going to go to probably do that and that gets your name in the paper and everything else. So people know who the, who's going to be there. You should I've also be sending something to um, any of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the lightning, the people who are literally just moving here 
and their wives come here and they're like, I hate where you live. We need to renovate. They could use some new cabinets. They have money. That's a good idea. So all of those, there's a lot to do. Um, The first thing is I just trying to get the website working. The second thing is, is I think we also need to meet personally with some designers and with some contractors because you can send them an email or you can send them something in the mail, but they don't. I will tell you you, so much junk. So I've actually gotten more hits off of interior designers and real estate agents than anything else, because it's either people that I've met locally or somebody, you know, hands my name off to something, but I've been able to find that niche of like, okay, you have a customer who just bought a house or you need custom pieces for whatever house you're designing. And I almost get to the point where I have to turn away work because they have so many, they usually like, especially a designer has five or six projects going at once and they're always looking for quality pieces and a local tie-in. So if you have some way to do it, man, it is an unbelievable resource for that. Yeah. I think it's going to have to be face to face. Um, Have you ever cold called? Jess, like, um, not, cold call, not, not just over the phone, but like showing up to their office in person. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I think that we're going to try to at least get an appointment. You know, a lot of contractors already have people that do their cabinets, but, um, you know, you can't trust how many emails do you get a day of junk? Right. So oh, yeah. that just gets mixed in with all of that. You're so better off almost sending it. You're, you're almost better off as an intro, sending a DM in Instagram or, uh, probably Instagram. Most people at least read those, whether they delete it right away, but they at least take a look at it. You can see if they can see who we are and don't make it too formal. Say it how you would say it. Like as if you were in person. The other thing that he said was, I mean, this is the first thing he talked about is you need to tell your story. You need to tell your story. You need to have it down to less than like a minute to two minutes And that way, when you meet someone and it needs to be on your website, so like, you know, you had a passion for woodworking, my wife works with me now, blah, 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 because people love that. They Mm -hmm. love that. And it's the Mm -hmm. truth. And so uh, I think that, you know, he gave us a lot to work on. Oh, and the other thing he said is that this is proven market research. Every action button on your website, whether it's a buy, whether it's a look at this, whether it's check out this deal, should be a red button. Not green, as they find red. green makes people not do it. He said blue or red, but red's better. They've do also red. said that within three clicks of landing on your page, somebody should be able to buy something. If they yep. cannot make a purchase within three clicks, people get bored. That's a short that funnel. Yeah, mine you can buy three in three clicks, I think. Hey, so. also, while we're talking about the cold calling, um, in my opinion, if you can bring your wife, that helps a lot. Like, uh, yeah, whether it's a, even if it's just like a, a, if you're calling on a female, you know, it eases her ambitions, whatever it, it, you never know. Your wife would just keep you on track in a presentation. Uh, Agree. And he, (laughs) he said the same thing because he started saying stuff and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And he's like, listen, I don't want to hear no. He's like, when you're, uh, and part of my French, you'll have to beat this. And he goes, when you're first starting out of business, you have to suck. He's like, you just have to, he's like, do whatever you got to do. You got to do stuff you don't want to do. You just have to do it. And, um, that's true. But the thing is, is I'm not just starting out, but this business is correct. So you have to get the name of this business out there. 
I have to think about yes. it like that. Have you ever done but, like sales, a sales role or like in-person sales like that? I have done in-person sales many times. I did it at the car park place. I've done, okay, it, cool. I've done cool. it in a lot of places. I'm pretty good with sales. It's more about finding out what they need. And that's why I always did good at the store that I used to work at because they would want a piece of furniture and then I would come in and draw something that they didn't know they wanted, but it fit what they were telling me they needed better and they would buy it. They didn't even care how much it was. They they would buy it and I would make it. So I will I will also give you another hint. I have been hounded, and I mean hounded, three to four, if not five calls a week from salespeople at uh, Angie Leeds. And yeah. Angie used to be Angie's list. Yes. But uh Angie Leeds, and they are they'll literally call and be like, It's Monday morning. We got forty five hits for custom cabinets and custom furniture in your area. Can you help? Right. And I'm like, right. uh, I'm too swamped. I can't take anything until October. But if, if you can do some of the cabinet work or if you can do this and that, you can at least refer them. And there's a fee that you pay as like a one-year fee and then you pay by the leads. But right. there is a way to at least start to drum up some business. And I will tell you when I had gone down the Angie list before or the Angie rabbit hole, I got one project and then it steamrolled into like, eight other ones. And I actually right. had to turn it off because I had too much business. Right. My only fear with Angie's list and the bad things that I've heard about them is one is Angie's list acts like everybody's all certified and background check, but they're not. And I don't, I do think that a lot of people go there to look for stuff, but the problem is, is they, from what I've read, they send you leads and sometimes they send you leads and it could be a phone number to nothing because people are just shopping. And they don't know that it costs you money, right? When they do that. Correct. And so um, you wind up paying all this money for all these leads that were worthless. So, but from what I understand, when you're first starting out, it could be um, a great way to get your start and get your name out there. And then, yeah, like at least said, to, then just cut it off. Exactly. Just get it out there to the point where you're like, okay, I did four or five houses worth of cabinets or furniture, whatever it is. Then you at least have some pictures that you can put out. And you got paid for those things. It's not like you were doing them for free to just get pictures. So Yelp's kind of the same situation. You pay per click. They set you up a page. You pay for that. And then yeah. you pay like per click. Uh, but it's $17 per click. That's a what? lot of dollars per click. That's a uh, lot that, of dollars per make, click. Doesn't make up, sense. To a cer- up to a certain amount, like $450 or whatever you set. Uh, but yes, it's very expensive. Hmm. Um, and so like even if, you, you know, there – there's not a lot of people on Yelp that sell like kitchen cabinets and furniture and stuff. So, but I just, I, I don't know. The thing is, is that if nobody click, it will like take them right to your website for that money, or it will take them to your contact page, or it will take them to a quote page, or it will take them to call you, however you want to set it up. But I just, it's not where we, we don't want to spend the money on that. If anything, we the Google AdWords, I think it's going to be our best our best bet as far yeah. as spending money and Etsy cause Etsy's cheap. Yep. And, um, once I get a couple more pieces done, I think we're going to kick it on. Okay. You so, know what? Oh man. The more you talk about that, it makes me just want to do this Texas law Hawk, like back to school <laughs> commercial and, but, but like pay Facebook and Instagram, you can still pay them to promote your shit, right? Like, um, this pay is true. Them, pay them you the- can do ads on all that. You can do ads on anything. It's so maybe, complicated. Maybe, an ad. Well, maybe not that video, but get like a professional video for the ad and then, I don't know. 
everything is complicated from how to do an ad on Google to do how to do an ad on Facebook, how to do an ad on Instagram. And then you don't know if the ad that you're doing is reaching the audience that you want and so on and so forth. And then there's all these companies that want to charge you to help you make an ad that you have to pay for. And, and then you're on, going all Avril like Lavigne that. going, why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why'd you have That's to go right. and make things so complicated? So, so there are a couple companies in town where you can pay them like 1500 bucks a month and they'll do all of it. And they'll make sure, and if you don't, then you get your money back. Okay. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I can just make them a user on my Shopify and you just – And you, you can take the eight hours that you spent today in, in front of the computer – Right, actually just make stuff. Build something. That's right. Or, or design stuff. Mm. Oh, so what I did do is we needed a business card holder and because we our business cards came in. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I got some scrap walnut. I cut one up in a few minutes. And I was like, this thing's gorgeous. I was like, put it online. And I was like, so we had one that fit three business cards wide. So mm-hmm. I was like, let's do a three, a two, and a one. Yeah. And if it, if it fits, it ships. That's what JC said. If it fits, it ships. So uh, we put that on Etsy. We put that on on our thing. And so I have a million little things like that that we can make. He also was big on the CNC. He said, make a bunch of small stuff, make stuff for dogs, make kids toys, makes whatever. And he's like, I love it. The more stuff you have, the more you'll sell, the more your name will get out there. Mm-hmm. So, One thing I've been looking at that might be an easy revenue thing, um, I haven't pursued it at all, but is uh, cutting blanks for stuff. Like um, there's lots of arts and crafts people that also sell on Etsy, but like, uh, they don't know how to run a saw. They don't have a saw. Right. And so they want stars or like Christmas trees around Christmas right. or Jack lantern, but just cut out of either MDF or right. like birch plywood and people sell those blanks. Yep. And I don't know. I've always been curious about that. Like, like if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, whatever, like I wasted a sheet of plywood. Like, right. Like, well, uh, I, I think that's a great idea. Those. And well, um, we can also do the UPS like one, one price for freight shipping. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so also, uh, I know y'all probably already know this, but um, just as a nugget for like, we're talking about sales, right? And mm-hmm. like, especially um, uh, whatever you call it, uh, cold calling. Um, a no solicitation sign does not, that no doesn't mean no. It just means no, I didn't see that sign on my way in. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you, I can tell you as somebody who has done door to door cold calls, if you walk in where it says no solicitation, it ain't no bueno. They are not real happy about that. So, well, you, I'm, not, I'm not talking about residential. I'm talking I'm, about. I'm like, talking at businesses office. as well. They okay. are okay. not I, real happy about it. I, I've had different experience. Well, I mean, of, you do have some people that are not happy about it, but um, it what you're selling I, like, and what your approach is, but. There is the the sales methodology, especially on door-to-door sales, is drastically different than your sales to a large group, your sales to Mm -hmm. a presentation style. Um, It is all over the board. Online sales is so different than in-person sales. And to your point, there are some people who hate it more than others. There are some people who are just nice about it. But usually the people who just walk in and go, hey, by the way, I'm Joe Schmo and I'm here to sell you this. I, the people who have a sign that says no solicitation get 30 of those a day and they want nothing to do with another one. Yeah, I do agree. I, I will I, say that we'll probably pre-call everybody and set up an appointment. And, and, it, and if my wife calls, especially, and it's like a husband and wife, uh, 
and she's, you know, my husband's going to come with me. He runs the shop. We just want to show you what we have. It's a good deal, you know, and contractors will get a discount. I think that we might get our foot in the door with at least a few places. So I hear you. And Ross, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. You're, you're not wrong. I know you're not wrong. Uh, but um, I don't know. It's sorry. It also, it's been a year and maybe a half since I've been in like office to office trying to cold call, getting in, selling stuff. But um, I don't know. I think on that, it's a numbers game because a it lot is. of them, they know it keeps a bulk of the people out. And also, maybe it's different in Houston, Texas, too. It what, probably what, is different in Houston. It, it also is, it depends on what you're selling. You know, if you're uh, that's in, fair too. Like, so I, I was I, selling like industrial automation, so I actually can help them kind of thing. Or like not that what anyone else is selling can't help them, but no, but if you're somebody who's walking in who's like, Hey, I'm so and so, let me take a look at your phone bill. I think I can save you money. People are like, Get out of here, I yeah. don't have time for you. So who, who are you buying your toilet paper from? Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. Who are you getting light bulbs from? Yep. Okay. That, that, so that's speaking fair. of that, Colton, go. what what's going on in your shop, man? What's the, Man, what's the progress update? Where uh, are things at with cold crit? Day by day. Dude, I had a board that slowed me down a lot this week. So I gave an update that I was changing my pour style to a, a double pour for this half inch. So like two quarter inch pours. Mm-hmm. And like as far as the pouring side goes and as far as like the bubble, getting rid of the bubbles goes, it's a lot better. However, uh I had a board that the resin soaked into this birch plywood on the, uh, like with the grain. Yep. Um, a lot more than, than usual. And I'm thinking that the, uh, whenever I was doing it with one pour, like, you know, it was getting so hot and basically flash freezing. Right. And it was like flash cooking itself and it didn't give it time to soak. And then now that it's, having a healthy amount of time to soak and cure that the resin is soaking in more. And I'm just like, damn it. And cause I've tried spraying different stuff. We talked about that on another episode mm-hmm. and um, I tried spraying like uh, what shellac. I think, I think shellac is what yep. I tried. Um, I've also considered like even lacquer or uh uh, I've even considered taking out to the, the paint booth like this cut board and spraying it with the polyurethane. And there's the some pros and cons. The polyurethane will seal up the long grain. It will not seal up the end grain as well. So where it's seeping in on the, the side grain or the long grain on there, you almost need to do like with a brush, putting on a real thin layer of epoxy and letting mm-hmm. that sit for I don't want to say overnight, but at least three hours, then you can pour and it's not going to soak in from there. So that is absolutely the best answer. Um, It's extremely time consuming though, especially for a very, very detailed, like, yeah, like you saw the Coors light board, like doing all the little details on there is very time consuming. So I'm trying to find something that does not prolong the production of these boards, but uh, allows us to, I don't not have this problem because it does cost me a lot of time on the sanding. And so you gotta make them out of solid the question because the what you got to make them out of solid wood. That's their, that's your answer. Yeah. Either that or you got to veneer it. Oh, Hold and on. Then, uh, I just had uh, uh, an epiphany the way you did earlier, Colton hit me. 
are you getting multiples of the same types of boards? So like you mentioned before, a lot of Georgia boards or a lot of LSU boards or a lot of Aggie boards or whatever they are. Are you getting a lot of similar ones or are they typically like all of them are one off? I'd say no, that most of them are one off right now. There's about 10% that are the same right now. So I'm wondering if, as you go to change things moving forward, if you start doing more of, you know, here's all the SEC boards that I'm doing. Here's all the Big Ten boards mm-hmm. that now include all the new teams yeah. from wherever. You could almost have a silicone mold that you pour that is literally the the same cutout that you've done on those boards that you have programmed into your CNC. Cut out on the silicone, and that way you can pour it in the silicone and that way you can take that mold, pop it out of the silicone and pop it right into the actual oh, board. Inlay it. Inlay it. And literally yeah. just like, it's like, whoop, a, like pop it in. Inlay, not yeah. just like a pour in inlay. Exactly. Yeah. And you can put in the little bead of epoxy around the outside so that it stays in there, but it's also going to seal those edges. But that way you're able to pour, you could pour 30 of those silicone molds all at once. Hell and that yeah. way you could just pop them in. That would be way easier. Uh, um, yes, that, that, that would definitely the work. silicone from deforming. That's the only problem with silicone molds. You'd have to like make some sort of foam thing around it, or just make it, it deforming. Make it literally this the same, like make it out of MDF. That is like an external frame for uh, an external negative, if you will, for the silicone mold, and it sits in there and it pours everything and mm. keeps it in the same spot. And that way, you just pull out the silicone, pop it out pop it in the board and off you go. That's a great First, idea. I, I I love the process. Only problem with um, what you were saying was uh, I, I, I can't, it would cost me a little over 20 grand to advertise SEC stuff like on the website. I'm just so, saying like if you right now, it's just, I just, I just say upload your image. That, that That's small beans. What you're saying. I do like where you're going though. Like, um, you know, we've talked about moving up to like a large manufacturer scale. Say if we got an investor or somebody mm-hmm. and, um, that might be the answer. I, and like, even I, if it's not resin too, like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, my honest opinion is, is, is I don't know how you use epoxy and plywood anyway. That seems, I know you have a really hard time with it, not burning off that veneer when you sand it. Mm-hmm. I would, I would be having a, a two days of just glue ups. Like I said, you know, they got so many clamps, right? But just glue up, I guess what pine, or maple or whatever you can get cheap that's light, right? Because you use a light colored mm-hmm. wood because you're going from birch and just glue up the tops, make them a little big, three quarter thick, and then you know, just leave them a little long. You've got a drum sander, so you can drum sand them pretty darn perfect. Don't even spend a lot of time with the glue up and drum sand them, and then and then it doesn't matter. You can sand it all day long if you want, and then you can do all your CNC and epoxy and all that other stuff. I know it doesn't lay as flat as plywood does on your cnc but you could probably get pretty good at drum sanding it um because you're you're always going to have that problem with the veneer even if you bought that dragon ply that i talked about you still could possibly go through that veneer yeah uh did i tell you i went and checked out a place that had dragon ply oh yeah how much was it um i think it was like 80 bucks a sheet. dollars are you kidding me why didn't like, you buy it uh it the stuff that i was looking at was a very thin top veneer which he oh. said there, there were some other styles that might have worked, but um, it at least the ones I looked at was not going to fix the problem. 
Which, that's uh, the Phygon. It's got super thick on one side. Now, the top is – the bottom isn't as thick, but it's got yeah, one A-grade side. It's but, um, thick. He, he did say he had some other styles of the insides, but um, he didn't have them on the floor at the point. But – yeah, I mean, would it be that? Have you ever tried to make one out of solid wood? Yeah, yeah, we did a. I've I've delivered several out of the solid pine tops, but um, remember when I was buying the those project panels from uh, yeah. mm-hmm. my Home Depot? But those ended up costing even more time. I'm talking about buying the wood and gluing it up yourself. Yeah, so that the time uh, is the was, issue. Yeah, I was still considering. You don't have a joiner either, but you do get a lot more of the vein of the wood. Well, um, no, you'd have to buy like maple or something. You, you'd have to buy like pine. I'd worry about, well, actually I worry about all of it warping. That's why that's touch and go. Right. Because it, plywood doesn't move mm-hmm. with moisture. Like it does with, I mean, it still moves some, but the well, solid even if wood, we're able to make it completely secure, the pine was a pain in the ass. Cause it, uh, like it has a bunch of knots in it. Yeah. And I got to go in and fill each of these knots. Well, not if you buy radiata pine. Radiata pine doesn't have anything in it. Oh, like, yeah, nice. yeah, but we glue it up. Yeah, I, I was those project panels. Like I was still picky on them, but yeah, um, the project panels still had some knots in it. But, but um, I, I'm not familiar with radiata pine. But they have maybe, it at Home Depot. Maybe nice it's pine clear. Work, but. It's clear pine. There's no knots at all. But Do it's they- expensive. So the the kind of plastic that is, I guess, injection molded plastic, I'm assuming that you'd find for like a kid's play set or like mm-hmm. a swing set kind of thing. Do right. they make what would be like a three quarter inch sheet yes. of yes. that kind of stuff? I know would you call it do. acrylic? Just like acrylic sheet? Or no, it would be like sign makers use it. Yeah, a lot. exactly. Yeah. I don't know sign if it would be. Sign makers use it a lot. You I don't know if find it would, out. It'd be acrylic or if it would be injection molded plastic or whatever, but like it's probably polyurethane of some type, probably. But I'm wondering if that, if you use that as your top, that's a good idea. That that's you wouldn't have to sand it much afterwards. You wouldn't have to it worry about sense. the the veneer aspect of it coming off. And then on top of it, it's totally water resistant, so you could cut out the polyurethane aspect because it's plastic. Yeah, you just polish it up. Yeah, yeah, wait, so uh, you're saying like not, not even a wood top at all, just like that as the so top? Yeah, three-quarter sheets of plastic, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So an- an- another like note butter. on that is so like um, they make some of these those plastic sheets that have like uh, one, like it's either clear in the middle or a certain color, and then one side is opaque and like a certain color. And okay. so you can carve in to that one side – and so basically like anywhere I wanted light to shine through, I yeah. would carve through that. Exactly. And, um, I've considered that. And so that's one thing where I'm trying to figure out, which I, from my research so far, everyone's all over the board, but, um, all over the cornhole board, all over the cornhole board as, <laughs> as far as like, do they appreciate this board as like a woodworking, like a piece of furniture or do they just like it? Cause it's a cornhole board that lights up and shows their logo. And I think it's mixed and I think you can go either way and be successful. Okay. So I, I have thought about that. I, I, I haven't done a ton of have research. Have you ever heard it. of a product called starboard starboard? Yeah, starboard the side of a bond. Yes. No, uh, star, star, like a star in the sky board. That's, I guess it is built the same, isn't it? Starboard. 
Yeah. No, Starboard, Starboard. Anyway, Starboard they sell at Home Depot, and it's it's basically a sheet of plastic. It's like a three quarter inch. It's like probably a little more than five eighths sheet of plastic. That would be great. It's in white, but you can use a CNC on it. I mean, I know that you can buy PVC PVC sheet panels, three quarter thick PVC sheet panels from Home Depot online. Uh, I put them on a house before because people make trim out of them and stuff. But you need to think in the plastics. You just got to figure out a way to do it cheaply, though, because that stuff can get pretty expensive when it's. But yeah. like, I, if you if you think of it, if you don't have to put in as much time on right. the sanding side, you're saving time and labor hours. The higher cost mm. and not having the polyurethane and all that other stuff could be that added benefit. Oh yeah, I would pay triple what I'm paying for plywood right now if it um, if it was as easy. Like as soon as I done, I'm done seeing seeing the top, I'm done. Yeah. Like, oh my well, god. Yeah, I mean, you just run More through the and then, yeah. and then polish the then polish the uh, plastic. Well, I know that they sell oh, the sheets on. of plastic. I just figured I this out. Company. You could do that, Colton. You can do it actually if you get half inch thick, um, uh, half inch thick plywood and quarter inch thick acrylic. And have the clear oh. acrylic on top, completely on top of the plywood. You just glue it. Not even. You would just have no, to screw wouldn't. it. Well, screw it in or glue it in, however. But you could then see and see the plywood piece and literally just clamp it on. And there's your cornhole board, the right thickness. And you can still light it up from the bottom because it's going to come through where you have the, what would be the, the CNC part. But you could, I mean, that's going to save you a ton of time, and it's still going to be well, the regulation. Are we still thickness. using resin in the cutouts on the plywood? You could if you wanted to. The problem. Uh, oh, well, the I'd problem, love to get away from resin. The but. acrylic is a four by. How big is a piece? Two by four. A two by four sheet of acrylic that's like a quarter inch is expensive. Yeah, I know, and but well, I, we can also go to the manufacturer on these too. Like we don't need to go to a big box store. Like we're. Buying some quantity of these. I would just worry yeah. that the the epoxy would bleed between the two. But he may not have to do the epoxy if he CNCs correctly. The logo is still there technically, and you can backlight it however you want. It would look more like a jack o' lantern then, rather well, so than it's, the, not that, it's only that it's only as thick as the plastic. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that the plywood would be a half inch thick. Then you have uh-huh. quarter inch thick epo- or acrylic on top of that. So uh-huh. the two of them make a three quarter inch thick piece. Uh-huh. You could see and see everything on the underside of the, the plywood and then still put the lights on underneath oh, and it would reverse. shine through in reverse. And then oh. from there, you would still see everything with the backlighting um, from underneath, but you wouldn't have to have the acrylic under on there. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Or the so epoxy basically, you're looking. You're going to do a mirror image. You're going to do it in reverse on the bottom. Yeah. Just make sure that it, well, I just would. Yeah, but it's still bleeding. Yeah, I still would worry about it bleeding between the two layers. So you would just have to figure out some way to seal it. Well, we could um, like do That's everything smart, though. Like, like we that. are doing right now, except um, not do a completely full pour on the resin. Mm-hmm. So like do it like right up to the edge or like a three quarter pour, and do clear um, on top. Yeah, well, and then do that. Uh, oh no, uh, no more, no more resin after that. And but then still, like, eat out the back of the boards the way we're currently doing, 
And so you wouldn't have to worry about sealing between the, the acrylic and the, yeah. the Correct. plywood. Interesting. Interesting idea. And it would be slick too. It'd be really yeah. nice and slick. It'd be waterproof. It'd be great. I think we talked about, I saw a guy that did signs and he did it upside down the other day. Remember? And he did it in acrylic and he just did it all in reverse on the other side of really thick acrylic. And then when he poured it, you saw it looked like a cartoon what he made. It was unbelievable because you see the backside of the epoxy, not the not the side that he poured from. And uh, it's pretty. Dude, pretty if you neat. still have that video, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll see it. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I'm gonna have to send consulting fees to both of you guys. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, you can take it out of our. Uh, speaking our of that, what, so what have you been up to? <laughs> so strangely enough, I have I honestly haven't made a damn thing in my shop in a while. Uh, and it's actually because I have been doing more SketchUp work than I've done in forever. Uh, I'm designing two pieces right now. One of them just got approval yesterday and I sent the estimate today. Uh, but the same customer that I built the horse stable tack room for, there's literally a room right next door to that tack room that was kind of like a wasted room. It was just there and they would just throw random crap in it um and they want to turn it into like a multifunctional storage office and the guy was like we need a desk and some cabinets in there i'm like okay so i literally did the first rendition of it and i sent him exactly that and he's like i want something that's like a natural wood for the desk so i literally replicated what was what was my wife's desk just without the dovetails coming through it so it was like a, a waterfall uh, waterfall desk looked amazing. Uh-huh. Then he wrote back and he was like, yeah, you know, I think I want to use every inch of this room the same way that you do for like a boat where you're using or an RV, like every inch of this room gets used. I was like, okay. So I did a second rendition. He was like, no, I need a little bit of this difference. I literally went through five renditions of SketchUp with this guy, but I have everything dialed in now. And I was able to perfectly estimate exactly how long it would take me. Uh, as well as what the material cost is going to be down to, you know, how many screws I'm going to need for each piece. So I got it totally dialed in, which is incredible. But um, it it was almost a week of back and forth. But this guy knows exactly what he wants. And I was able to get it to him in, in CAD form. So I, I finally got the approval today on that. And um, so there's that. And then the other thing that I'm doing as we've talked about here a couple times, I'm a musician as well. I've been getting really back into recording and mixing music and, and that kind of stuff. And the desk setup that I have right now that I'm actually recording this podcast at is one of the first pieces I ever made when I got into woodworking um, a decade ago. And it's functional. Like it, it is a desk, but it is not my favorite and it's not really ergonomically sound as far as mixing and everything else. So I've actually been doing a deep dive into creating a music production desk that I'm hoping to Jess's point before as well, that I can kind of make it as something that would be like a flat pack system that I could ship out. Um, so I'm trying to do all the, the deep dive as to having a, a, a true wood top. Cause most of the time music production desks are MDF or plywood and that's it. And then they paint them and they're like, Ooh, this is high end. And they're like four grand for them. The one that I'm designing literally will have touch screens on it, room for rack gear. It's going to have room for 
computers and monitor isolation and everything will be ergonomic, but it'll actually be made out of wood. And my goal is to be able to then uh, build this one and then have the plans to be able to sell the plans elsewhere. And then also be able to, if people wanted to buy the whole thing and I'll just ship it to them and they can put it together. So very cool. I am doing boatloads of SketchUp at the moment. Wait, so what makes an ergonomic desk? I guess like, um, obviously like, was it, like this need to be a material that like soaks up sound. No, so kind of the, like a, like a sound the ergonomic or? desk more than anything else is, is more functionality of how your body moves. So you want to think of like, is it at the right height for you to comfortably sit at this desk wow. and work for long hours? Uh, where's the positioning of the things that you're going to use the most? Um, are they within arm's reach? Do you have to bend over weird ways to get to certain tools or, um, anything that, that you're going to be using on a regular basis? Is there actually functional space for you to put a keyboard or um, like a piano keyboard or just your regular mouse or whatever you're doing? Are you able to do all those things in the one spot without having to move a ton? That's more what ergonomics is just being okay. it's, it's minimizing movement and increasing functionality and efficiency. Nice. So also you kind of skimmed over touch screens on the desk. So, um, the, if you've ever seen like an old school recording studio, I know Jess has, you would go into these recording studios and if there were (laughs) like 64 channels of audio, you would have all these buttons and knobs and everything on there for each channel. channel. Like just like a sea of buttons. Exactly. They got absolutely ridiculous. Music recording and audio recording over the past 15 years has come further in technology than it did in the first, I want to, I don't want to say a hundred years, but like probably the first 50 years, like more has happened in the past few years than had happened in the first 50. And so essentially now you don't need to have this massive audio recording console you don't need to have the Rupert Neve board, which was basically like the Bentley of recording consoles, but it would cost you $50,000 for like a 64 channel board that was handmade in England. Now all you need is a computer and then a computer Pro, and a good audio. In, tools. Well, whatever yeah. the, the, the DAW or the digital audio workstation. And then your, your um, audio interface, which basically takes your signal from your microphones and then mm-hmm. is able to translate it into a digital single signal in your computer. Now the Live. touch screens, yes. Right. The touch screens are right now there's a a big movement obviously into the uh, the digital mixing and digital everything else, but there's only really one company who is making a touch screen option as far as digital workstations as far as mixing goes and they're called Raven and they charge like $3000 for what would be the size of like a 24 inch screen and you have to do everything on there. I have found a way utilizing anybody's normal computer to be able to create a dual touchscreen setup. So your entire mixing board is actually these touch screens. So everything will be on there, but I can also then, because I still do all my SketchUp on there, I obviously record the podcast down there. This will be a multifunctional desk that I can do everything at but everything will be within fingertips reach so that I can then use the screens instead of having to adjust knobs and buttons like you would back in the day. Very cool. 
Yeah, Russ, it used, I, late, latency used to be a big issue. Now it's not because the computers are so much faster. Yep, dude, I I think you're. I think it's, that's gold. I'm you know, hoping. One time I made a cabinet for my wife's. They have this machine called a Ceric, which is a CNC in-house CNC for teeth. Yeah. And they do a 3D scan, and it makes you like a uh, like a cap or or a, whatever the heck they call that for but your teeth. But they don't. Yeah, but it's it's 3D printing too, right? It's it, yeah. It's you hear it. It shoots water on it. It's called a Ceric machine, and they have like a like a cart that they come and scan your mouth, and then he designs a little tooth. Uh, that that goes in there uh, a veneer or whatever, and then they have little stubs like little blanks that are like certain sizes, and it tells them, and they stick it in there, and it cuts it out while you wait, and then they can put it in. It's pretty stinking cool, mm-hmm. but it's loud. Yeah. And so they said, "Can you make a cabinet that I can put this in that's sound resistant?" And I said, "Well, it won't be soundproof, but I can be sound resistant." So uh, the glass company made insulated glass that they vacuum out and they put nitrogen in it or whatever and it mm-hmm. makes our argon and between two super like three eighths thick pieces of glass and i made it two piece uh, it was an inch and a half thick of plywood on either side yep and it had a gasket and a lock and several other dentists you know and like orthodontists like where did they get this cabinet and he's like you know because we see some of the companies have them and they're like five and $6,000 and they're not soundproof. Yep. And he's like, I can barely hear it. And I thought about for a while, you know, getting some sort of design on that and starting to make those specialized cabinets. There was a guy on shark tank that made them for people that played like dungeons and dragons. And they were like $12,000 for these table. And the guy had like five years worth of orders. Yeah, because it had like all these oh, yeah. special holders for it, and a spin around thing in the middle, and and the other and thing was fun. they they also have a projection that comes down because the depending on what board you're playing, they don't know like they're all changed, so you need to be able to like move around the board. So the the real high tech guys they literally have a projection screen that projects what the board is, and they can have all these guys. It's almost like a craps table, and it's kind of like sunken in, and they can play all their their uh, role playing games on that. Yes, I've been wanting to make a board like that or a table like that for a long time. Like, especially like, imagine how creative you can get with the resin, mm-hmm. right? Like, you have like a like a mountains and lava section. I saw a really awesome one with like hexes and stuff. Dragons but, uh, and lasers and wizards. That's a that's yeah. a twenty five thousand dollar idea right there, my man. Yeah, mm-hmm. all you just gotta find a celebrity. And about and... six months of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, oh, that's, cool. that's what I've Russell, been working on. Very Dude, nice. So, well, I'm excited. I, I and, and the thing that I like when I hear when you say something, I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Yep. It's going to be really cool. So we almost have a full like um, experience here. I just need to get my product. You know, you got the desk, you got the uh, soundproofing. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe if, <laughs> if it is for D and D, I can do the the, the resin table part. Yep. Did you guys watch the movie? It was pretty funny. I actually watched it on the flight. It was pretty funny. I watched it on the flight to and from Florida. It was much funnier than I would have thought. Yeah, well, I love it. It's on Netflix? Oh, dude. Uh, I I saw it on, uh, it was just on the United app. Yeah, it could be on Amazon. Maybe it's on Amazon or uh, Paramount, one of the two, because that's the only one three we have. They they make sure to make fun of themselves to the point where it's actually very funny. No. Nice. The guy from Star Trek movies, he's uh, in there. Chris I like Pine, him. isn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's it. it I love uh, have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons? 
No. I did a very long time ago, make like two or three times. I don't think it was like Dungeons Dragons, but it was something like that. It was. Yeah, what's funny is like, that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. The card well, and the dice and the numbers and all that stuff. What? Yeah, I got you. Whenever I uh, was in high school, no, no, like elementary, my mom had heard something. I guess Facebook wasn't around back then. Uh, whatever, maybe through the circle of moms, and like she literally convinced me that email chain. Dungeons and Dragons was like a demonic thing, and it was oh yeah, Satan oh, worshippers, yeah. and oh yeah, oh, it was yeah. the whole thing. Turns out but, it was uh, just a bunch of nerds. Yeah, it's just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> my yeah. my brother Stranger is a things. yeah, my brother is a massive fan of that whole kind of um, gaming world, and he will be the first to tell you he's like I'm a huge nerd. All my friends were I, all nerds. Yeah, I Dude. like the thought of being of the game solely being on math and your imagination. I think that's kind of good so that's good that's better for you than video games yeah i i I played a it wasn't full-on dnd it was like a gateway version it had like a preset like like there was we didn't have a dungeon master right and um we just had like a a a booklet as our dungeon master this is during covid we got really into board games and one of them one of the guys convinced us to play it that uh i enjoyed the heck out of it i was a barbarian man and i had (laughs) who's surprised I couldn't move very fast. <laughs> I couldn't move very fast, but like, oh, we'd open up with like a new dungeon door and I'd be like in the f-ing doorway. I'd be like, shoot over my bars. And we'd f-ing kill him. It was awesome. Sorry. Got a little excited there. But uh, I think it'd be fun <laughs> as hell to be a dungeon master. So, what if you were going to make that table, what you would have to do is you would have to have a. Uh, I don't know what they call it, a think tank of other people that have played it for a long time and just jot down ideas of things that they would think that they would need or they would want and all that and like do a little thing. So that's one last thing I'm going to say about the, one of the things that the guy told me the other day, he said, if you do the classes, even if you do them free, you get, you get exposure of the company. You have to ask them to make sure that they do a review. So you get reviews, which gets you more exposure. And then you can show them the furniture that you made and ask them what they want. You get a free focus group. Mm-hmm. It's like all around like a great thing to do classes. So well, Jess, I think that's class. actually a good tie in with the education for you to take us to the wood of the week. Are you ready to hear the new jingle for the wood I of the week? Am. I, I can't wait. Let's do it. Wow. 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 All right. Freaking nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Ross, you've been uh, busy, brother. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. Sorry, Jess. I'm 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 too excited for you to start (laughs) yet, man. Oh, dude, the jingles, they they really sell it for me, man. Thank you. Like, it's like, it changes your mindset to like, all right, let's let's hear that. Wow. All All right, Jess. Pressure's on you, buddy. Let's go. So the wood of the week. So we've talked about this wood for about, I think it's come up about three times in the past. It's come up in the past three episodes, I think. I don't know anything about it. Osage Orange. I've never, I've never used it. That's correct. Oh, I got Osage. it. It's yeah. Osage Orange. I actually thought I of you because I stopped at a Rockler today and there was a whole stack of Osage Orange there. Osage Orange. So really? why don't you describe. What, what color was it? Ross, what Osage Orange looks like. So if if you've ever seen like a burnt amber color on a car, it's a little bit lighter than that. 
Um, it's not too different than my hat here, but those that are listening on a podcast can't hear that or see that. Um, but uh, it's, it's kind of like of, Texas Longhorns orange. Yes, that's actually very similar to it. Oh God, I hate it already. So uh, it, it is, it is, it's got some pretty neat stuff about it. That's why I kind of picked it as I was reading through things. Um, one is it is much harder than oak. It's much harder than walnut. It actually has a Jenka hardness of 2620. So for people that know what white oak is, uh, white oak is 1350. So it's double the hardness Ooh. of of what white oak is. It's, it's is it, pushing up your ipe. Is it pretty um, similar to like, like, I always assumed it was similar to Paduk, like in the same family even of trees. I don't know, but maybe we should do Paduk next week because I don't know anything about Paduk either. I, I know it is it, nasty as hell on the dust side. And oh you my God. Easing Paduk dust for like weeks. I got a story about so, that, but for later. But Osage Orange is, uh, it's not a very big tree, 50 to 60 feet tall, about a one to two foot trunk diameter. So it's not like an enormous tree. Um, but the thing about Osage Orange that's interesting is one, bugs don't eat it. Like we learned last week, it burns hotter than all other woods. It right? can keep uh, like, spiders out of your house too. That's, that's right. From Luke. Um, and it takes glue and finish and everything pretty good, but they use Osage orange and have used Osage orange wood shavings to make dye for a very, very, very long time since the pioneer days they've been hmm. using. I'm, I'm, I'm sure probably even longer than that. Um, it is used for musical instruments and turnings as well uh, because of its hardness. So it, I think the biggest thing is it's decay resistance. It's, it's up there with Ipe. It's very, very um, dense. So bugs don't bother it. I, I'm sure there's some sort of tannin in it that keeps them. I mean, if it's fuel wood, then it's definitely got something in it that bugs aren't going to eat. So, so it, I mean, you're saying that it'd be good, like outside, like good UV. And yes. Yes. Good, I think uh, it humidity. would. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Hey, so maybe um, this uh, theoretical board that may or may not ever happen, uh, the EPE board is a EPE Osage Orange board now. There you I go. think it might be a pretty heavy board. It does put well, together actually, good, though. Is there a way yeah. to make it not burnt orange? Uh, yeah, it would it, die. Obviously. Yeah, you'd have to stain it. You could stain it. Okay. But uh, they make bows out of it as well. That's traditionally what is used to make a bow, actually. Um, I guess because it has really good... You sound like, like a bow for a bow and arrow, not a bow tie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for a boyer. As we, would, as we would call, as we would call them, we would, uh, Chef we would, pun intended. So that's Osage orange. Uh, oh, and it grows in North America too, so it's sustainably sourced most of the time in okay. Eastern United States. Yeah, Ross, so. do you, you get some of those up near you? I, I, I think it's a little bit further east and a little bit further south, like Virginia okay. and the Carolinas kind of yeah, area. Luke in Ohio mentioned he had them. Yeah. Um, I don't think we get them as far west as, as Chicagoland. I got you. It looks a lot like Ipe on the end grain. Yes. If you look at it, it looks a lot like Ipe. But uh, it kind of reminds me of oak a little bit. I don't know how to describe it exactly. But very orangey color. Mm -hmm. The fruit of it's really neat looking too, if you ever yep. Google an Osage orange fruit. All right. So what about weird facts for the week? Oh, what about those weird facts? What do you got, what Jess? About them? What okay. So we're going to do question and answer again. What is the blackest wood? Ebony. That is correct. 
What is the whitest wood? Ivory. <laughs> no. Maple. No. Uh, balsa. I'll give you oh, a clue. That's a good one. I'll give you a clue. Hunter. Gatherer. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I, he knows about some white. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't want to get political. It here. is the whitest wood is holly. Coca wood. Oh. Holly. Hollywood. It's a real wood, by the way. Why hunter <laughs> then? Uh, holly hunter. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Sorry. Is, is, is that an actress? You're, I, I don't yes, know. Holly Hunter. Okay. I'm the worst at like, like uh, pop culture trivia. All right. What is it in wood? And no jokes here, you children. What is it in wood that makes it hard? <laughs> when a man don't and a woman Agra. love very, each other very much. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess you, the density. No, I'm going to tell you it's a specific chemical. Oh. Softwoods have less of it. Hardwoods have, harder woods have more. Tannins. No. That was, that was my guess. Close. So. You've heard the word before, I think. Chloroform. Or chlorophyll. Chloroform? <laughs> different, different. What kind of parties Chlor- are you having? <laughs> chlorophyll. <laughs> so I'll give you a clue. One of the hardest woods out there, even harder than Ipe, is called... Lignum vitae. We talked about it. It was oh, one it's of the lactic acid. No, it's lignin. Lignin. Lignin is. We have what heard is, that recently. Where did we hear yes, that? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but lignin is. What, uh, uh, what about the ligma? What about lignum, it? Lignum. There's Lig- lignin, which is what's in wood that makes it hard. Lignum vitae, <laughs> which is a Hollywood, uh, is particularly rich in lignin, and it is the heaviest wood. If so, it is a Hollywood, does that mean it has the prickly uh, kind of mistletoe type leaves? I, I don't know, but we can look that up. It could okay. be. Um, let's see. And we'll give you one more. If it's a Bollywood tree, it's not going to have any um, hardness. It's, it's going to have a dance number instead. Oh, very funny. So <laughs> trees get... 90% of their nutrition from what? Sun. Air. Ground. Yes, dirt. that is correct. From the atmosphere. They only get 10% from what? Sunlight. Water. No, you said you said sun and, and the atmosphere. So I, I named a lot of stuff. I can't yeah. see you. That's 90%. And then where do they get the other 10% from? Uh, the ground nutrients. That's correct. Yeah. Tree huggers. That's correct. So they really get most of what they need from the their leaves and stuff. Yeah, hmm. and only ten percent from the ground. Trees do. I don't know about plants, but I'll look up the Hollywood. Okay. And see. All right. All right. Do we want to talk a little whiskey? Oh, whiskey. Showtime! Woo! 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 Yeah. So, of the week. <laughs> so last time uh, we actually talked about the Balcones Blue Corn Bourbon, mm-hmm. which is a Texas-based bourbon. Were you able to procure it, and did it dandy? Oh yeah! Before the last podcast was even over, they were uh, knocking on my door with my bottle. They're ready for me. Man, that is service yeah, what, with a smile. 
I don't know what they're just distribute or distilled. What is in like Waco? Yeah. Yeah. Like right there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Did you so, notice a difference with the blue corn versus your standard, standard corn? Oh God. Yeah. Like, so when you, you first open the bottle, it's like a, like a sour patch kid, but not, not like the candy, like the commercials with the sour patch kids in them. Like it kicks you right in the freaking nuts. Like as soon as you open it up and like, it makes you make one of those faces. Like you're about to cough and sneeze at the same time. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, you're like, Oh God, what's this corn ethanol? And then, <laughs> then you taste it and it, it rounds it all out. And yeah. Uh, it, so I tried a few cocktails with this. So I was actually out of ginger beer and okay. did not replenish. And so I got, tried to get creative. I tried to go back to the, uh, the very dirty martini. I was like, you know what? Like once you taste it, like, I don't know if it was, um, what's the word whenever you, they give someone a medication, but it's just a sugar pill. Oh, the placebo, like, a placebo. I don't know if it's a placebo with us talking about the blue corn last week, but mm-hmm. I really like felt like I could taste blue corn, you okay. know, and like, it, it's not like I was eating like M&Ms and, close my eyes and see if it was blue or brown or yeah. right. But, um, I don't know. I felt, really did feel like I could taste the, like it. I don't know. I felt like blue corn when I was drinking, like okay. just like straight. But so I, I try with that note, with it being a little different, I was like, maybe this would go with the martini, right? Like mm-hmm. the very dirty martini, like we did for the Highland park. Yeah. And, um, man, so I made, I think two renditions of it and, I would rather lick Diesel's butthole than drink another one of those dirty martinis with the balcones. It was f-ing horrible. Excuse my French. And it, it, I, it, it did not go well. And um, you know what? Lesson learned. But then I still had some makings or some fixings for a uh, oh, an old fashioned. Okay. And uh, on my second try, I got it very well. And on that note, I'm starting to realize that like all like the that making a cocktail isn't just like making like a Louisiana gumbo. Right. No. You don't you don't just throw all the shit in there and stir it and then boom, you got this little cocktail. Right. It's not like that. It's. Um, I don't know. Mixology? You got to give it. Yeah, exactly. You got to give it some of that TLC. It's a little bit more like baking versus cooking. Cooking is more by taste. Baking is more of a science. Mixology is a science, but you do have to taste it along the way to make sure the ratios are correct. But it's all about balance. I'm starting to to realize that. Like (laughs) um, when my buddy Alex came over and we were mixing the, uh, the Highland Park 12. Yeah. Which I still have all that footage. I hope to make a reel of it one day. One day. But, um, I, he would like chill the glass yep. beforehand and he would do all this like, like stuff. And he had these little twisty spoons and all this fancy crap. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Just dump it in, stir it. And, um, I'm starting to realize that there is the mixology is an ology. Yes. Know? It now is I will say to, to that point, there is a line that. Once you cross it, it's still more for the show than it is the flavor. Of course, yeah. But overall, yes, there is still an ology to it for a reason. So, 
Well, I'm I'm sad to hear that uh, it was not one of your favorite whiskeys, but I am glad to hear you have noticed a difference between all these different types of whiskeys. Yeah. And uh, I, well, I hope hold, that- hold on. It was a negative review. It was not it was just saying it was a sour patch. Oh. You know, they're, they're sweet at the end. Yes. Right. And so it, it has its place. It right? does. It's just definitely not in a martini. And, um, and the smell up front is appalling, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but once you, once you drink, you know, you, you ever heard of a century egg? No. Century egg. It's a, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Chinese. Yes. Yes. So they, they take like an egg. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, well, uh, the one I'm thinking of isn't the fetus. There, there, I'm sure there are some like that, but, uh, the century, they take an egg and they don't actually, it's not actually a century old, but they bury it underground for like a month and then they, uh, pull it out and eat it. But it, um, so whenever you crack it open, it has the essence of like urine and maybe some sulfur ammonia. Yeah. And, uh, but supposedly when you eat it, it's a delicacy. Sounds like a culinary delight. No, it's not. (laughs) I've seen him eat that. There was a show called, uh, Oh, he used to drink all around the world. I'll think of the name of it, but Anthony he went Bourdain? to no, 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 no. It was just about drinking, and it was only on like this one network. He still got a thing. They I'll take him down to Flavor Town. He had Pleplius, which is his little monkey uh, stuffed animal, and it was a drinking game the whole show. Anyway, uh, I'll think of the name of it. Anyway, he ate that egg, and when he was in, um, it wasn't. It might have been China. I think I think it was the Philippines, and it was the most disgusting thing. And the other people were just eating them like they were the most delicious thing you've ever seen. Oh my god! There is a no. basically a, a fish, and I'm I don't remember if it's Norway or Sweden, but it's basically they can it, and it's like a somewhat rotting fish that's a delicacy yes. up there. Oh, there used to be like a Facebook challenge, right? Where people would like try to open it uh, and try oh, to take a bite, dude. Yeah, and people basically were just horking left and right. I don't yeah. remember the name of it, but no part of me wants to try it. <laughs> it's a whole new take on Swedish fish. <laughs> it is. Uh, so oh, anyway, to tie it back together, I wanted to give you the whiskey of this week, and it is. Oh, I'm yeah, trying to bring it back to a classic. We're going back to the Old Forester bottled in bond, and this is oh. a. Yeah, it's a classic. That, that, that was a Old Forester was Luke's favorite from last week. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of a tie-in here. So this is the Bottled and Bond. And anytime you see Bottled and Bond on a bourbon whiskey bottle, uh, and most whiskey bottles in general, um, not specifically bourbon, but when you see Bottled and Bond, it typically means two things. Number one, has more to do with taxation than it does anything else. It just oh. means that the, the bottles were filled and uh, approved uh, at the distillery by somebody who is a taxation agent. So they work for the ATF or whoever the governing body is in that country, and they monitor everything to make sure it is all being done correctly. And it also means that the taxes are paid on the bottle before they ever leave the distillery. If so it's, it's done basically on- like an OSHA approved, like, like a yes. stand or something. Now okay. here for in the U.S., uh, as far as bourbon goes, when something is bottled in bond or American whiskey in general, that means that it is also bottled at 100 proof. So anytime you see bottled in bond, that's going to be 100 proof American whiskey, whether it's a rye or a bourbon or what have you. So this is going to be the uh, 
Old Forester Bottled and Bond. It comes from just outside of Lexington, Kentucky. It is a classic old world Kentucky distillery. Old Forester in general, to me, doesn't have quite the depth that a lot of other distilleries have, but the Bottled and Bond in particular has a lot of character and warmth and roundness to it. So I'm curious to get your feedback on it. Mm, you know, I like a hat. Yeah. So So with that in mind, Jess, or uh, boys. The show was three sheets, by the way. Three sheets. Three sheets. Oh, like three sheets yeah. to it. And he went all over the world drinking. And and then he had another show called Drinking Made Easy after that. It's amazing. Huh. Oh, dude. That, that, that's kind of a dream job, man. To, it was a dream job. It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Get paid uh, to go. Go drink around the world. I mean, he yeah. did. It was um, amazing. So I mean, with that, I am getting to do it straight here from Houston, Texas, though. That's kind of cool. That's true. With the, with and the, with, with the... The tens of cents we are making off of this podcast. It is just covering every week's worth of whiskey. So, absolutely. <laughs> so, with that in mind, uh, I think it's time for a little bit of nugget action. And uh, I think, Jess, if, you, if you're okay with it, you want to kick it off or do you want to have one of uh, us do my it? Nugget, my nugget would be in if you are uh, stuck at something. And there is no reason to say, I have to do it all. Find someone or ask for help from someone that does know. Everybody's good at something, right? Everybody can't be good at everything. So if you need help with something, you need advice from something, reach out. And if anything, um, you know, you'll learn something then, especially, you know, when, when it's hands on when the other person's helping you. But don't there, think that you're going to know everything and everything's going to go exactly how you there is always going to be something at whatever you're somebody at whatever you're doing that is going to be better than you. What doesn't matter if it's faster, stronger, bigger, smarter, uh, whatever it is, somebody has done it before you chances are, yes. and somebody is better at it than you are. And to your point, uh, even if you look at like Michael Jordan, he, most people would say, and myself included, he is the greatest basketball player to ever live. Is he the greatest strength and conditioning coach? No. He hired somebody who was. Is he the best at um, marketing? No, he hired somebody who was. He hired all these other people who were great at these other things who made the sum of the parts better together because it created the Michael Jordan brand outside of just what he is as a person and a basketball player. So yeah. great, great nugget. Jess, that's a good one, man. That hits, hits home. Yeah, yeah. You just can't. You just can't do everything on your own. Absolutely. Colton, what do you got? So my, mine's, um, mine, mine's a little more uh, skin deep, a little more shallow than that one. But <laughs> I feel like it may be obvious for a lot of people, but I feel like some people it may not be so obvious for them, right? So whatever, I'm going to say it. So, you know, we get wounds on our hands, right? Scratches, uh, cuts, whatever. Um even other body parts and woodworking. And whenever I do, I kind of have a system. Um, like if it's immediate in the shop and I'm not trying to spend time going to dress it in the house, I'll uh, do a little shop rag with uh, the electric tape. Right. And then just until later, and then I'll do like a hydro flush. Right. And so like, I'll turn on a sink and put the wound in the sink and let it sit there for a minute 
I'm like, I'll count out a full minute. And like, uh, even if it hurts, if it hurts, it's good. Like, uh, put it up in the water, uh, faster pace, the water, the better and, uh, hydro flush it. And then immediately after dry it off neosporin and then those triathlon band-aids and then get back in the shop. And I feel like the cuts on my hands heal 90% faster. Cause I do that. Good thing. Like, yeah. As somebody who cuts myself constantly in the shop, yes, I like that. All of us, all of us, yeah. yes, yes, very much so. Uh, so mine, my nugget is one of my personal adages, which is work smarter, not harder. And I think the amount of SketchUp work that I did over the past week, doing five iterations with this customer, getting to exactly what the customer wanted, um, I saved myself God knows how many hours of actual yes. bill time and physical yes. dollars spent and time spent and everything else. Yes, I spent time on the computer, but I have a CAD drawing that he has signed off and approved. This is exactly what it's going to look like. And I can now reference back to that exact drawing and know exactly how big everything has to be, factor everything in, and I have saved myself a ton of time. So learning the efficiencies, working smarter and not harder, not trying to kill myself to build the same thing six times and jerry-rig it. I'm going to build it once and it's going to be done right because it took the time in the beginning. So It's so much easier for him to go, oh, I thought it was going to be like this. Okay, no problem. Click. Yes, exactly. As opposed to tear it out, you know. Yeah. I literally saved myself from having to build eight under bookshelf cabinets that were going to be like um, shaker-style cabinets. Uh, that were you know doors and drawers and everything else. He because I initially thought that's what he wanted, but when he was like, no, no, I don't want any of these. I just want wine storage and I want this and I want that. I was like, cool. I just saved myself so much time having to make all this stuff. So it was yeah. it was a massive help. So that would be my nugget. Excellent. Very good. So. Lars Ketchup. I got it. All right. You don't have to say it every episode. There you <laughs> go. Hmm. We'll get you there. Drive it home, baby. Uh, You know what? It it is definitely something that I have talked to the owner about. He is 100% with it. Um, but it's all a matter of time. Yeah. I just don't have any time right now for anything. So, uh, once we start selling some stuff and the guys are building and, and, you know, a few things are going out a week, then, then we'll see about, you know, getting sketch up and taking a class on it or something. Okay. And learning it. Is there anything else we want to cover boys? Pretty good for me. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap it up because we are just over an hour and a half at this point. So to everybody who tuned in, thank you very much for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. If you didn't, please send all your complaints to our Mexican legal representation at Los Estupido Hermanos Paralegales. For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. We will catch you all next time. Yeah, brother. 